wing, a centering pass, Matthews scores! Austin Matthews hovering around in the slot, and that is a dangerous spot for a dangerous player. Here's D. Lander, power play goal, Matthews had a power play goal, and a couple six on five, and he scores! Discussion between Tavares and Matthews. Matthews going, did you touch that? Tavares going, no way. Marner going to launch it into the left wing corner. Matthews in there after it, had the puck come free, but it is Zuccarello in the far corner, having difficulties as it comes back to Matthews, a wraparound, he scores! Holy mackerel! Back to back, Matties for Matties! Yeah, but no assists. Fan morning show Stop. sports that 590 the fan Ben Ennis Brent Gunning Austin Matthews becoming the first player since Alex Ovechkin in 2017-2018 and then the fifth overall because I don't know we have to include side there we go Joe Malone and Reg Noble who all did it in 1718 I don't know it was it was going down in 1917-18 would not be surprised if that was because of some goaltenders uh, hanging out at an establishment they were <laughs> yeah. just at the goalie bar the right. night before and for shame like of course it should be Alex Ovechkin there but that is exactly where I expected that stat to take us back back to back hat tricks to start the season there was a Reg in there yeah. a sigh yeah. just names we don't like Sai, literally Sai Young. They, yeah. He came Cyrus. around, pitched so good, and mm-hmm. then there are no more size. I don't think Some, people are size anymore. I was going to say, so a lot of old names are coming back around. I feel like Sai, Cyrus is still one that we, we have in the holster. Nobody's that really is, broken out. Yeah, no, I'm trying. I Because, you, you know, like you're out in public and you hear some names and it's like, oh, wow, okay, we're doing that again. All right, mm-hmm. good good for coming back. And it's like, hey, no shots. I named my kid an eclectic name. Like, name scored, okay? So it's <laughs> like. Eclectic name. Okay, just super hosier. <laughs> An ethnic name. Yeah. You know, that's it's actually a very Canadian yeah. ethnic name. Yeah, it is. It is. It's my culture. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, maybe Cy is, is coming back. If you're out there, uh, you you should pitch that one. Yeah, Cy, hit us up on the text line, 590-590. Or, or people that are you know, maybe thinking about having children, name yeah. them Cy. I bet you there's uh, no shortage of children uh, with at least one half of the parents saying, what about Austin? That's yeah, a pretty good name after the last couple games. It's stupid. Back-to-back. Uh, Games with a hat trick, a chance to be the first person because Reg Noble never did this <laughs> in NHL history to register three straight hat tricks. Uh, Maple Leafs and Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Yeah, the the Leafs are one of the most entertaining teams in all of hockey. With Again, one of the most entertaining players in all of hockey, and certainly statistically the best goal scorer in all of hockey ever since he laced him up. Austin Matthews, yeah, has it been perfect through two games for the Leafs? Nope. Mm. We And we can talk about the, the less than perfect aspects of this team, but it, it's, it is October, um, and there's way more positives than there are negatives surrounding this team, and none more than, than Austin Matthews coming off his down 40-goal <laughs> campaign, being on pace to be the first 70 goal scorer since the lockout. Yeah, we'll talk to we'll talk to Gord uh, after seven o'clock. Not my child, was Doctor Gord Stellick, who's, who's going to join us after after seven o'clock. There, he can put it in perspective of just the kind of start you've seen, and not that he can because no one's ever got off to one like this for for the Leafs there. But the thing with Matthews is that I think back, you know, 
especially for the, you know, you look back to the first game and the goal from basically behind the goal line. You look at the one last night that we heard coming in, or sorry, Saturday night, where him and Tavares are arguing about it. How did I get it in? Didn't you touch it? No, you didn't. When Matthews had the 60-goal season, it wasn't so much goals like that, but it was just pucks falling into his lap that he could just bang home. It was a lot of, not to take anything away from it, but you need a lot of puck luck to have a 60-goal season. And he kind of had none of that last year. There were so many more tip goals in the 60-goal season than he had last year. And just to see a year where it starts of, oh, it's just going to follow you around all the time. And that doesn't mean he's not going to have a slow stretch at some point in time. Of course, he's going to have a game where, forget three, he's not even going to score once at some point in time. But that is the most encouraging thing is just to see the bounces going his way because good players are, are, sorry, great players like him, they need a little bit of that. And when it starts snowballing your way, then the luck doesn't even matter at this point in time. And think of the confidence a guy like that must have right now. Yeah, you mentioned there's going to be down points in the season. Goal. I mean, you may ask how many goals did Alex Ovechkin score in 17-18 in when he had actually seven goals over his first two games. The second oh, game was Matthew a four-goal game. He had nine goals over his first five in 17-18. Ovechkin did. <laughs> But then he only managed 49. He was a bum mm. the rest of the way. So, yeah, it, it, it cooled down for even the greatest goal scorer uh, of this generation. So, who knows? This this Leafs team is obviously not about individual uh, accomplishments. They would no. be the first to tell you. And, yes, they will be judged by nothing that happens during the regular season, only what happens in the postseason. But we all are are here to watch the 82 game yes. we it's we can't just like hit fast forward and it be may okay and if we're going to play these 82 games you're damn right i'm interested in individual accomplishments like th- th- i can't tell you how geeked up i am to to watch this game tonight for a multitude of different reasons including Connor Bedard uh and his first appearance in Toronto after uh, three games through some pretty big markets but yeah i i think it is become not just in this city but across the NHL, must watch what Austin Matthews does tonight, racking up six goals over his first two games. Yeah, how can it not? And I think the other thing about this that'll be interesting to see, and this is, you know, again, yes, of course, it's all about, we used to say it's all about game 83, but that doesn't even matter anymore because they won around. So it's all about, I don't know, (laughs) quick math. Game 90, that's uh, game 90. That's the one that they they have to make it No, 87, because they they need to sweep the first round. Oh, that's the only way it's good enough anymore. Okay, wow, boy, expectations. Expectations change quickly, but you're right. It's not. It's it's not just about that in terms of it because I think when you look at this Leafs team, that because the spine of it is still the same, right? There's Austin Matthews and there's Mitch Marner and there's John Tavares and William Nylander didn't get traded and Morgan Riley's still here and even guys like T.J. Brody. There was possibility some wondering if he would be moved out this yeah. off season because of the. I don't want to overstate Brad for a living, not well, a fan. That's the thing. It's like, I don't want to overstate it. Of, oh, Brad for a living hates this player, yeah, but uh, maybe, obviously you know, not enamored. And tried to trade him away once and <laughs> yeah. didn't resign him another time. So yeah. there were a lot of people wondering that, but because the spine is the same, I think a lot of people headed into this year of, okay, going to be a pretty similar Leafs team. And then you saw in the first game, Oh, Bertuzzi's getting a scrum going. Oh, did 40 year old Mark Giordano just fly off the top rope. And now through two games, you're saying, Oh, is this a bit of a throwback to the, early lease where this is what it's supposed to look like. Not to say you want every game to be a shootout and you want to be given up four, five, six on any given night. Of course you don't want that, but 
the vision of this team was not a stalwart group that won all their games 3-2. Yeah. It was Knights that were supposed to look like this. And Max Domi bleeds into this. Tyler Bertuzzi, the chemistry he's showing, plays into this as well. Uh, Matthew Nyes being a part of it. It all leads into it. And that's the thing that I think is interesting to see is Sheldon Keefe is obviously going to get the reins on. He's going to shackle this group down at some point in time. But what does it look like? Is it actually a little bit more of, because we do this sometimes where we talk to a national guy and it's, ah, yeah. oh, those Leafs, you know, the Calvin power play and yeah. run it up. And it's not. But yeah. I think it might be that this year if it continues to look like this. Maybe. And and maybe counterintuitively, that's a better way to win in the postseason for this group that has had such a difficult time scoring in the mm-hmm. postseason, right? Like Open it can't, it up. It, it, you probably can't count on seven goals uh, a game in the postseason. That's I don't probably, think so. probably not good. Sorry. Uh, it's six goals a game because what? They had seven and then five. I mean, I've done, six I've done in, math in live yeah. once today. That's 12 enough. goals over the first two games for the Maple Leafs, uh, not including the one that they get for winning the shootout um, uh, against the Montreal Canadiens. You know, that's like, probably not fair to, to count on that number of goals, but like if we're bringing it back again to the regular season and just like from an entertainment standpoint, mm-hmm. bang for your buck. And again, like I don't Ooh. know how, how Ryan Reeves translates to the postseason if he does at all. But if you're talking about regular season entertainment, and maybe you can point to the, the goals that have entered his net when he's been on the ice as well. It's like it's a it's a wild ride both ways, but we're now two for two uh, fighting majors for Ryan Reeves and some bone-rattling, earth-shattering hits. And clearly, when you you hear some of the comments that come out of that that Leafs dressing room after these games, he's he's done at least part of the thing that he was brought here to do, which was galvanize people and 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 be at least a locker room favorite. Yeah, I was thinking about this a little bit more because the I am already done with the Ryan Reeves culture wars uh, among the fan base. I've I've so I got bad news for you. It's, uh, we're yeah, going to talk know. about it more uh, yeah, later on today. I've, I've been on the front lines of lots of Leafs culture war stuff. Okay, of the Dubas stuff, of the you know Tyler Bozak. Is he a first slide center? Nazem Cat. We've we've done it all. But when I when I look at this when I look at this group and what they are what they are capable of the the idea that it's going to come down to that the idea that it is not just going to be Austin Matthews carrying the mail. But when it when you look at Reeves. I think if a player came in and all their job was to do, let's say, let's just use Noah Gregor as an example, and it's you're going to kill penalties and you're going to give us a couple hard shifts a night, and he had a big block on the PK, the team would be going out of their way the exact same way to laud the player. This is a guy who was brought in to do a job and say what you will about the job he is there to do. Maybe you think it doesn't matter. Maybe you think it's a utility that doesn't. We can have that debate. But in terms of what he has been brought in to do, check, check, check. The first game didn't go the way he wanted. He got the power play for them, but because the fight wasn't the galvanizing thing he was Mm -hmm. expecting, it was a little frustrating. Not the case at all on Saturday night. That was a classic clear out and hey good on Felino. he held his own Reeves certainly got the the better of that tilt there and then you see it it's like is it a little hokey is it a little cheesy yes but the fact that Matthews gives him the belt yeah. afterwards it's because <laughs> he did his job I like do I necessarily think David Camp gets it if he if be he does his job in the same way no but he's also not a new figure on the team a big voice in the room and this part is important as well we talk about the long regular season He's like, a, he's like one of those big plants you have in your house. He sucks up. Oh, I guess they give oxygen, but he sucks up so much <laughs> oxygen, okay? It's the amount of conversations we've had about Ryan Reeves in a year where there have been, through two games, I know, 
but plenty of things we can focus on the positives, but there have been plenty of negatives, question yep. marks to talk about. Yeah. And it's just been Matthews and Revo. So it feels to me like he's doing his job. Well, plus he can he can he's no uh stranger to a microphone. He no, enjoys that he understands that's part of his gig too, right? And he's he's good with a quote. So yeah, he's doing all the things that that you would expect, uh, that you would hope that he would bring to this Maple Leafs team early on in the proceedings. You want to do anything more positive? like there's lots more positive. Oh. I can talk about William Nylander's five points. I did just wanna I did just wanna laugh at I'm sure every a lot of people have seen it now, but in that clip where Matthews gives Revo the belt, the room just yelling, keep it, keep it at him, yes. which is probably the right call. <laughs> But, but then obviously you're not going to do somebody else has got to have it, you're right? Like 100%. he's getting it again tonight, maybe. Yeah, probably actually. <laughs> or I don't know. It'd be hey, let me tell you what I personally would love to see the goalie get uh, it. That'd be okay, oh my so god, wouldn't that be nice? That that's that's the negative. Yeah, right. Okay. So uh, to no surprise by myself personally, and I know you came around to the idea as well. Mm-hmm. By the time we got to the weekend, Ilya Samsonov got a chance yep. to get off the mat. Mm-hmm. On Saturday against a Minnesota Wild team that that is not supposed to be this running, not so great. <laughs> he now leads the National Hockey League, uh, giving up nine goals against through two games. Does Ilya Samsonov the robust save percentage? I mean, this is two games, but the numbers are what they are. Eight thirty nine, which is, I mean, there there were some saves I will say in the sure. the Minnesota game especially, but there was also some odorous mm-hmm. odorous goals. It is a real, real interesting situation tonight because Joe Wall is is going to get his first start of the season as you would have anticipated, mm-hmm. no matter what the result on, on Saturday. you got to get yeah, Joe Wall get him in, there. in there, even if it's not a straight-up timeshare. Joseph Wall is going to be a factor here, and, yeah, this is not a 60-start situation for Ilya Samsonov considering the injury history. It'll be really interesting to see if Joe Wall puts together a fine 60-minute performance against a Blackhawks team that's that's really, I mean, this is a tough way to start their season on the road God. here. And it hasn't exactly, despite Connor Bedard picking up points in his first three games, haven't mm. exactly lit the lamp a whole bunch through their, their first three games this season. Be real interesting discourse tomorrow on this fine program, Brent, if, if Joseph Wall... Looks a lot better than Ilya Samsonov, which is not a high bar to clear. No, it's not a high bar to clear. Uh, I think the unfortunate thing is interesting either way, Ben. If he if he grabs the net or yeah, it's a big performance, that's, that's interesting. And if it's not a big performance against a Chicago team that, yeah, Bedard's there. And yeah, they added some pieces. But mm-hmm. let's not overstate what's going on there. It's Again, it's not panic. It'd be one start for Wall. It'd be two starts for Samsonov. How many years? Now, granted, this was a guy with a much longer track record, but how many years did we do that? Ah, slow start for Freddie thing. It is what it is. We're going to go through it, okay? Mm-hmm. So goaltenders have had this happen before. I don't think it is full-fledged panic alarm by any means yet, but it's not encouraging either. The And the Wall part of it is that, yeah, you. it does feel like tonight is going to... I don't want to say tilt his season one way or another, but man, if he gets off to a good start and why can't it be against a Chicago team that has, you know, look like, let's look at the scores of their games. Lost three, yep. two, lost three, one, one, four, two. This is not a team that's been barn burners here. And the other part of it as well, I know we're talking about the goaltending, but from a Sheldon Keefe perspective, you want to talk about a way to get yourself up for for a Monday night game that you like your de facto captain has had back-to-back hat tricks, not to say this is a trap game this early in the season, but to give them something to play for is to say, all right, that guy doesn't score tonight. 
that guy mm. doesn't get a point. It is your little extra carrot there. And look, you know, David Camp always has great games against Chicago. I feel like Matthews seems to always play well. Now, that was always like the Pat Kane rivalry uh, of it all. But that's the other thing about tonight that I think is interesting. And to make it a little easier on the goaltenders, because quite frankly, we could say what you want about them. Games don't get to that score strictly because of how the goalies are playing. It's also a team-style play course, in front of them, right? But here's the issue, uh, I, and this was part of our season preview yep. with this Leafs team. Looks like they're going to be playing a different style. Now, eventually, everybody around the NHL tightens up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the score lines start decreasing yep. as the season progresses, as there's more practice time, as everybody gets their sea legs. But it does feel like this is a Leafs team that is going to require more out of the goaltending position than it has in the last half decade or so. Yep. Which would lead you down the 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 thought line of um are the two guys that that, that are currently employed at the nationally a uh, national hockey league level capable of providing the goaltending required to play this style of hockey? Well, I think it's pretty safe to assume, and I think some people overstate what this means sometimes, but I think it's safe to assume that the 18 skaters that are playing for the Leafs right now will not be the 18 That's, guys. Okay. Okay. But, and, and I think everyone immediately there goes to the blue line of, well, it's not going to be the same blue line. I'm curious about the machinations of the forward court. Cause I was arguing a lot about this will shock you. I spent a big part of my weekend arguing via text about Leafs line combinations, <laughs> despite them having had Matthews have back to back hat tricks. Where did but, you put Max Domi? Well, this is exact. That is, that is exactly the crux of the <laughs> argument. The buddy of mine I was texting with shout out, rich love you. was going this Minton. He's a problem They're gu- He's gumming up the works. And I go, okay. So is Max Domi, though. Max Domi's the guy who came in who can kind of only go in one spot. Bertuzzi's going to be with Matthews and Marner. Max Domi's not going to be with your your rookie and Kelly Yarncrock. So he's got to go there. And that is the issue of it all, is that how do you make these lines fit? And when you... I think if Minton was the only kind of question mark piece, you'd have a lot more wiggle room. But with Domi having to be in your top six role, everything else kind of gets set. It means you can't put Nyes in a more offensive position, which I know he's supposed to be with Minton, yeah. but it hasn't quite clicked there. So that's the part I honestly look at is who is going to be the third line center for this team? Because, you know, Fraser Minton, the returns on him, they are what they are through two games here. I don't want to overstate that how bad it's been, but he hasn't had the, I think the only way this guy sticks is if he's undeniable. I don't think he's looked undeniable by no. any means. So, no, and it, it doesn't mean that he's not going to have a great NHL career. Of course career. it doesn't. So, and it, it doesn't mean he doesn't turn into the three C for this team by the time it's all yeah. said and done via trade or something like that. But I think that's just your question here is, do you have a bottom six that is a more defensively sound unit because if you do and honestly it's much easier said than done but it's kind of a one-man fix Mm -hmm. if you have a 3c or maybe it's a 4c and you bump david camp up there that you trust in those spots and i know some people immediately go to lafferty i don't i don't know that he was the answer there as your center in in that role but you know has a number one star over the weekend i know know. he had a nice game playing a very different role than he'll play for the leafs (laughs) and i would have liked him as a player but i don't think he's the answer is your three c if you think you need to find one so that is that's what it all boils down to me will they need more from the goaltenders this year for sure. I would think you you would, especially if it's going to be more open. And why wouldn't it be when you look at the way this team has been constructed? But I also think that there is a trade to be made, and it's not necessarily the big swing on the blue line that people think it would be, which is really counterintuitive, I know. Yeah, well, can it be both? Um, For sure. Uh, well, no, because of Gary's cap, it can't be both. <laughs> well, it does feel like both things like are going to... calling it his cap. Yeah, uh, that's right. Um, it, does, it does feel like both are areas of need, because it does feel like, yeah, we're headed to a, a spot where Fraser Minton's head 
head mm-hmm. headed back to junior, and we are doing the the David Camp three C thing in the Pontus Holmberg mm-hmm. like fourth line. Like, and you got two punt lines yep. at, at the in the bottom six for this Leafs team, and well, you just rely on Austin Matthews to score a hat trick every game. So then, and then it goes back to the the lineup machinations of it all. Is that what you want Matthew Nyes doing? Is hanging out on a punt line no. all year? Because me personally, no. I don't want that. And how does Max Domi fit well, in on a thing. punt line? He's yeah. got, he's like I'm I'm the punt returner, obviously. And it's like, no, we're punting. You don't get to return it. Who do you think you are? Deshaun Jackson? What's going on here? That is, so, no, there's no fit. And that's why, again, I don't think Domi's some terrible ad for this team. I've liked, the, I honestly, and I, I want to be clear about this, I've really liked what I saw out of the player, the little hacks, the little nasty stuff, sure. all of that. That's what you want. You want more bite on this team. And I think there's a fit for him. You just wish it wasn't a guy that... And I know this is how puzzle works, where all the puzzle pieces only fit, mm-hmm. but it feels like he's the only one that has to go there. feels like all the other pieces, with the exception of, you know, Ryan Reeves, are much more pliable. Yeah. I mean, the thing happened with the Tavares-Nylander line that we thought mm-hmm. might. That yep. it, it's just not uh, defensively responsible no. enough when Max Domi is there that you need more of a, a 200-foot conscience in, in Cali Yarncroc on the wing that that made a whole lot of mm-hmm. sense and then it just feels like max domi is the odd man out it, again these are early season problems like injuries are going to take care of some of this like knock on wood i hope everybody goes through the season 100 it's yeah. not no. ever going to happen and then the trade deadline a lot comes in into focus but yeah right now it's it's a bunch of pieces that don't necessarily fit which is a weird way to go into a season uh considering but it's, the expectations but it's also normally when i say that I also mean I don't want four of these pieces. Mm-hmm. You, do you understand? Normally when I'm sitting there looking at lines going, eh, none of these pieces fit together. It's because there's three or four pieces that shouldn't even be in the puzzle. And I don't necessarily feel that way. Again, I like Domi as a player. I like what he can add. Minton, future stuff, sure, this year, probably not going to stick. Mm-hmm. And then I think Gregor is your classic Zach Aston Reese type. You're going to have a ton of nights. Again, very different player, but you're going to have a ton of nights where you just throw your hands up and go, okay, what are we doing here? And you have some nights where, eh, mm-hmm. okay, got a goal. Look at this. PTO turned into a contract. So I that that's what I come down to. And again, it's a decision, right? Is did they have to have Frazier Minton start the year? Could they have kept Sam Lafferty? If you think Sam Lafferty is the key to unlocking your bottom six and all of a sudden <laughs> it's way different, then okay, that's we can have that discussion. But even me, who likes that player, He's the 11th forward on this team. Let's not overstate what, what that means. So, yeah. Uh, Leafs power play strikes again twice. Shocker. Two for three. Early returns on John Klingberg as the power play quarterback. Snapping it. Very, very positive. Again, this is the, the team with the second best uh, percentage power play a season ago behind a historic Edmonton Oilers. So it's it's like you're improving on something that was already a strength, but yeah, it, it does feel like if they're going to score two power play goals a game, that is an improvement. And Tyler Bertuzzi scores his first as a Leaf on, yep. the, on the second opportunity. Looking greasy in in front of the net. And Klingberg, I mean, he's just very, very decisive. You know, I'm not the first person to point this out. Bourne's done a great job breaking it down leading into the season. And, and on Kipper and Bourne there, the idea of just Morgan Riley, he is... A decision maker, but not necessarily the quickest of ones. He wants to survey things. Maybe he wants to pump fake a little bit for a better shooting lane or a better passing lane. And that's fine. There's time and place for that. But it's been proven that the quicker that thing is moving around with all the talent the Leafs have, the better it tends to look. And Klingberg's just proved spades in that. And again, we talk about the lineup conversations that have to be made. You know, when they were having all the machinations of, okay, you got to trade Lafferty because Gregor is 700000 cheaper. I think a lot of people were saying, did you have to give Klingberg? You couldn't have 
you know, we always talk about finding value on contracts and not that that isn't looking like one, but did it have to happen on the first day of free agency? And yeah, if he's going to look like that, it did have to happen on the first day of free agency because a dangerous power play is such an important thing. Uh, so kudos to him and kudos to True Living. So far, the signings looked really, really nice. Yeah, it has. I mean, uh, th- there are things that are predictably issues on this team, sure. including, yeah, how Max Domi would fit defensively, how he would fit on a line with, with Nylander and Tavares and the blue line. Yeah, there's... And the, the goaltending, like those are all predictable. I would have predicted that John Klingberg would have been an issue here. I mean, again, we're only talking two games, but no, he's been certainly on the positive side of the ledger as the uh, Maple Leafs get set to host Connor Bedard in the Chicago Blackhawks. I was going back, so we, we t- this is obviously Bedard is mm-hmm. like the. Are we are we transitioning? Because I have one more little okay, yeah, specific Leafsy thing. Okay, uh, do I a just Leafs thing. I just got this is really quick. I just got PTSD at one point in time. And I think it was in the first period. Nylander did the super angle where not only did he turn it back, he didn't turn it back at the blue line. He gained the offensive zone, and then mm. this wasn't during three on three overtime. Yeah. <laughs> he just went Mm-mm, don't like no. and peeled back into his own zone. And just went in again and carried the puck in. And guess what? The Leafs had possession. It was yeah. So it worked. It was fine. It's just I was not ready to see that again in my life. Pierre Engvall is gone. Not that I – and I wasn't even somebody who needed him gone. But the full turn back like that is something I just – I thought we were rid of here. And uh, Nylander can do whatever he wants if he keeps playing like this. Yeah. We, we don't have to do it right here right now because I want to talk about Bedard. But that's the other thing coming out of this weekend is the, okay, just give him 10 sheets and well, we'll be mad about it sometimes. But just do it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like it's becoming more likely he's going to sign an extension here if he continues this pace up. I, I it just feels like if 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 they're going to do it, that's the, the the cost of doing business is definitely double digits AAV. If I've been I've been banging the drum on that, not necessarily because he absolutely deserves it every single night, but just because go look at that class. It's basically him and Stamkos now. Shifley's locked up, Hellybuck locked up, all of that. And guess what? If he is going to score forty goals. And he's going to, if he plays anything like this for, I don't know, 60 of the games that are left of the year, forget about the other 80 that that are left. And we have to talk about the sure living part of it all, right? Is that yes, the price is only going to go up, but it is only going to come more costly to true living to be seen as the guy who just let him walk the Goudreau thing, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. So that'll be, that'll be interesting. And I just want everyone to remember their comments this weekend of saying, ah, just pay him that. You, you don't get to be mad about it when he has his November <laughs> that he's going to have because right. he's William Nylander. Yeah, uh, looks pretty damn good right now Boy, when, when people haven't figured out defense and yeah. like he could just skate around people in front pretty of the good. net. It's pretty great. good. Uh, Connor Bernard playing his first game in Toronto, fourth career game. Again, going through some pretty, pretty intense media markets when Boy. it comes to the National Hockey League. So I was going back and, and looking at uh, some guys' Toronto debuts. Oh, Sidney Crosby did yeah. not play his first game in Toronto until January okay. of his first season. So we had to wait a while. Uh, Connor McDavid, of what course. Was, uh, what? NHL schedule makers? I get I, up them, so I get on them a lot. I yeah. do. I'm very hard on this, but that's disgusting. Not well, giving us Sydney until January. Okay, so you want to retroactively get mad at that, like well within you. your rights to do I, so. I get mad about anything I want, pal. Uh, <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm hearing some more good mornings in the wild. Yeah, like it's happening. That's we're disgusting. we're making good morning. I can't believe you did that to our city of Burlington <laughs> like that. As a as a sign off, uh, good morning. It's it's absolutely happening. Uh Connor McDavid 
didn't play in Toronto until the second season. Of course, broke his his mm, collarbone there, right. right? So he did play the Leafs though in his first season in February. Had five points, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so it took a while to and and like the legends were already pretty well established with those two guys. Like we we expected nothing less than what they provided in their mm-hmm. rookie seasons. But like the buildup had happened. It, 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 we haven't seen a generational player like this outside of Austin Matthews, who plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, so it's fun. This wasn't his debut because the tournament was underway for a while. But I was at the World Cup of Hockey game between the Team North America yes. and Sweden. Yeah, and f- on the first McDavid shift of that Matthews. game, well, on the first shift of that game, McDavid just busted through everybody and got a breakaway four seconds into the game off the <laughs> opening faceoff. And I said, oh, okay, that's pretty good. And then on later on that shift, Morgan Riley, who was somehow young enough to be on that team, yeah. shot a point shot that, defla- that, bound- that rebounded to Matthews, who from his knees dangled Victor Hedman, then gave it back to Morgan Riley, and then Matthews scored on the subsequent rebound. And I just remember, and the building was rocking, they're chanting Austin Mm. Matthews, and it was a very like, ooh, this is going to be his home. And honestly, it's been so much better than I could ever imagine. But just you talking about Toronto debuts, honestly, takes me back to that. And I did pull it up. His first game at Scotiabank in that tournament uh, didn't score, but did have an assist on a goal from Jack Eichel that Connor McDavid also assisted on. And my God, that team was good. Yeah, that was that was the, <laughs> it was that, dumb. But that it was, was that yeah, man. That was uh, there were some moments in that tournament, and and the format was not perfect. No. And God, we, I, I, Canada beat what Team World in the team final. Show some respect. It was Anze Kopitar led Team Europe. It, okay, it's like EU. shout out to Team Europe. Yep. Um, but yeah, Team North America. That was some really uh, ill thought of uh, logo. But uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I don't know. We got it. We got something special here, something different that we haven't seen with those other guys. That it's so early in the proceedings mm-hmm. here, and yeah, he's lived up to the billing. With I mean, you watch the hockey games; he looks pretty Connor <laughs> yeah. Bedard like, um, and also racking up some points over these first three games. But this is we haven't seen a generational talent like this so early mm-hmm. in this city, and we'll get to the comments later on from Taylor Hall yep. about how Bedard has really accepted the mantle of being the next one, being the face of the NHL, accepting all the media responsibilities that come with that, especially playing in the markets that he's played in early in the, in the career. Yeah. The, it's the spotlight's never going to be brighter than, than tonight in Toronto. No, it's, it's not. I mean, you know, he hopes one day it's brightest when he is doing Matthews type things on a run in the playoffs, but sure. guess what? Ain't getting there anytime soon in, in Chicago. So this little tour, I think it's a lot to ask of the kid, quite frankly, from from the NHL. And we'll seems talk. Up, we'll talk more about. It. But that's the thing. He seems up to it. And guess what? Special people are special for a reason. You know, I don't have to like the guy, but you see Aaron Rodgers, and who knows what comes of it. But he's walking around throwing footballs. He's supposed to be dead. His leg's supposed to be cut off, or whatever's going on there. And this is the thing. Special people are, are they're just magic. They have that touch. Mm-hmm. They're touched by God. Whatever, however you want to put it in your world. And that's the thing about Bedard is that he can handle it because he's so up for it. And, you know, I made these comments to you and it is complete body language doctor who knows, but seeing that interview with him and Sid that of all these guys who get the generational or half generational or whatever you want to do it of, you know, throw Nathan McKinnon in there, even who is baby Sid, they come from the same place. I don't think anybody's more Sid than Connor is just seeing the way the two of them operate. I'm sorry. I have to specify my Connors. Now Connor Bedard is because McDavid, (laughs) very different animal. Matthews, obviously super, super different animal. And they're all their own player. 
but just personality, the way they seem so locked in, the way they seem so driven, it I, I it, it looks like it's a Crosby redux there. It really does. Yeah, opposite sides of the country, though. Where they're from, maybe, yeah. but like being so close to the ocean, maybe that's what it is—the calming, rocking uh, uh, nature of it. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Know. We'll figure it out. All right. Uh, I lots- wonder what the artifact is, because like I don't know if you saw this, but when they had the Cole Harbor game for mm-hmm. Crosby, uh, they the the team went and they like shot some pucks at a dryer because that's what he yes, famously did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the, I know Bernard broke his arm, so maybe that cast is hanging up in his house somewhere or something. Oh. Like, what is the childhood artifact? Mm. that we will take from this because yeah, that's all I can think of with Crosby in the dryer. I wonder what Bedard's tail will be. I guess yeah. when he broke his arm. Yeah. I don't don't mean... break your kid's arm. When he's eight. <laughs> Just saying. Don't do that. Although it worked for the kid in Rookie of the Year. Like, I, I, I again, like, I, I, uh, legally, I probably should say that, yeah, don't break don't your do kid's arm. But, like, don't be upset if, like, you know, natural occurrence, your kid breaks his arm because it seems like – there's I had, a couple of incidences where it's been I, positive. I had a lot of people trying to convince me of, yeah, you know, if your kid's right-handed, make him a lefty in hockey, and they'll have the dominant hand at the top of the stick, and it'll be better for skill development. And mm-hmm. I said, huh. And then I couldn't bring myself to, like, effectively tie my uh, child's arm behind their yeah. back because I want them to, you know, lead a healthy life and all that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, people couldn't see your eye roll there. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. (laughs) When we come back, um, I had high expectations for the American League Championship Series, and so far through nine innings, it is meeting those expectations. Plus, uh, the Giants cover against the Buffalo Bills, and boy, they were so close to scoring their first touchdown in forever. Luckily for Bills fans, uh, they didn't. That and a whole lot more next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sports Night 5 Night of the Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Shout out to Curtis from Aaron, whose nine-year-old son is named Cy on the text line, 590-590. We got one. I didn't think we had any. And there's at least Cy one. Cy is a good name. I, I, listen, there was no disparaging no, of the name Cy. No, not. There, there's some, you know, that have come into vogue. You know what? My, my youngest son's name. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> my youngest son is named Wyatt, mm-hmm. which at the time I was like, that's kind of like a yeah. cool name. And it's like, it's not that unusual. You got the Texas connection. It does sound super fitting. Yeah. Turns out it's like very popular. Is it? Like I, I kind of, not that I regret, like he, he no never, regrets. now he feels no rag like. Rats. You got the full tattoo across <laughs> your chest. No regrets. Honestly, if I, if I could do it over again, I would have named him Cy. Cy's a good name. Cyrus? This is this is super behind the curtain, but like I kind of hijacked the naming of my kid. We had another name picked out, and then Gord <laughs> oh, slowly worked this. its way in as the birthing happened. And then <laughs> we real well, no, no, like as we were getting really close, like hey, I do like that. And then it's like, uh, yeah, like uh, you know, as shocker during uh, during birth of a child, some drugs are involved uh, to medicate uh, the mother, yeah. and I was like, Gord, oh yeah, it's a great idea, <laughs> for sure, be Gord. So yeah, there we go. Right. No regrets, no regrets for me. Either. Yeah, shout out to the Gords and size and and Wyatt's as well. All right. Uh, American oh, League. One more. What? Also, nameless texter, but great theory about what was going on in 1718 when those guys had three hat tricks of maybe yeah. all the good goalies were in war. 
It's a pretty mm. good theory. I don't know how that lines up with the timeline, but as good a theory as I could have had on the matter. Yeah. I mean, World War II wrapping up on Armistice Day, November 11, 1918. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, we I, had Johnny Bauer know. telling stories about who went over when he's 14. So, yeah, I feel like yeah. that. I mean, we talk a lot about the effects of the World Wars, but what did it do to NHL goaltending? Do we really dive in there enough? I don't think we do. I, I guess not. No. But, like, nobody. Okay, so those guys started their seasons with uh, with back-to-back hat tricks. Didn't have three straight, though. No. So, we'll, we'll Tonight. see if, if Austin Matthews can pull off. Uh, the historic feat of three consecutive oh my games with a hat trick. I haven't looked. Is it? Is it Peter? Is that our old friend between the pipes, Peter Morazic oh, tonight? I didn't even check. Yeah. I don't know if they've announced such a thing, but yeah. Yeah, he, he's looked okay. I mean, in game one of the season, he uh, kind of kept him in it. Careful what you wish for. We've seen this movie before of goaltender who could not stop a beach ball with the Leafs just uh, turning into uh, Karel Vimelka of the Yotes there. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Leafs and, and Blackhawks tonight. So game one of the ALCS, finally, on uh, on Sportsnet yesterday. What's taking so long? Well, the, the we got a lot of sweeps in, in the wild card round, and then in the DS, no game fives. We have yet to see a winner-take-all game in the postseason, yeah. right? Yeah. No, you got to... Yeah, you got to space these things out. Um, but yeah, it's it's really benefited the the teams that need starting pitchers to get healthy, specifically the Texas Rangers who now have Max Scherzer <laughs> on their American League Championship. What a quote by the way about roster. his his sim game. What was that? Where he said it was uh his first time because it was the day after they clinched or they won. Mm-hmm. So he said he had never pitched a sim game hungover before. So it was an interesting experience for him. <laughs> well done by him. <laughs> and he's gonna factor in. And you know what? The Rangers are using their starting pitching. It's the first time this postseason both starters went at least six innings in this baseball game is also like a, a game with a lot of relievers with high intensity at bats uh in the postseason. Mm-hmm. That ended under three hours. I, I still can't get over it. The so fact good. that we're watching postseason baseball, like none of the drama is sucked out of these things. That's and, the thing that yeah. has to get hammered home. 249 was the total time of game yesterday um, as they played the bottom of the ninth naturally with the home team trailing. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it was a spectacular baseball game. And if you're looking for reasons to believe that one of these teams is is potentially touched by God going into this postseason... It's the fact that Araldus Chapman still hasn't given up a run in the postseason <laughs> and does not look good. Like, he looks awful, no. and he gave up a screaming liner yes. off the bat of Alex Bregman to the only spot in left center field that it was going to be an out. And then Jose Altuve, like, got his feet all messed up and yeah. was doubled off second base upon appeal. It does feel like the Rangers are this team of destiny, honestly, after the disappointment of of all their big signings uh, and and no no postseason to speak of it a season ago mm-hmm. to turn things around and then have the division lead and then to blow it on the final day of the season but here they are in the American League Championship Series now with home field advantage after taking Game One against the, the Astros the Blue Jays had a chance to 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 crush God's plan and they they couldn't with that four game set way back in in September it feels like a thousand years ago because it was but yeah you're you're right you look at that and the screaming. You know, we've all been in these moments as a baseball fan of of bad Babbitt luck, and there is nothing. I mean, there. I, I suppose there is always something more frustrating, but that is right up there among the most frustrating things watching the game when you have a moment, and it's a guy like Bregman who comes through, or at least he appears to come through in that moment, and 
could not have hit it in a worse spot. Could not have. The, I mean, what's the expected? I have it wrote no, for you right here. Of course you do, because yeah. you're a nerd, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dork. Give me the number. <laughs> All right, so he hit it 103.2 miles an hour, uh, Alex Bregman did. An expected batting average of 560, <laughs> so... Yeah, more than half of the balls hit at that angle and that velocity are base hits and, in fact, was a home run in two of three ballparks in Major League Baseball, but certainly not. In Houston, in fact, it was a double play. And, boy, Jordan Alvarez is a guy that I I just – it doesn't matter, righty, lefty. I I think of as just coming through in so many postseason moments. He looked very human against Jordan Montgomery, who was great, great, great in that game. But, yeah, off to a great start, uh, that postseason series is NLCS. Starts tonight on uh, Sportsnet. All right. I just quickly on baseball, mm-hmm. it's actually about football, but about baseball at the same time. So what? It, really? It, when I say okay. you'll understand. I just, <laughs> this is super inside baseball, and I don't know how impressed. Inside baseball? About baseball? About football as well. <laughs> just let me what? say the thing, and it'll make more sense, is that I don't know if this will hit for people who aren't you or I or talk for a living, but... So Fox has the right for, I forget which one, the NLCS, the ALCS, one of them. Another network has the rights for the other one. Mm -hmm. And the tap dancing done by the football announcers of calling one series the LCS and the other one the ALCS or the NLCS. So like Tarico, for example, he's like, well, they got the ALCS. And then over there in the LCS, because I guess they don't have the rights, they don't want to give like credence to it. I was noticing this both on Fox and from Trico last night. I don't night. understand. That doesn't make any sense. Like, why is it like the less I official to call I it the LCS instead I, of the NLCS? I don't know. Why Why do you hear so many ads for the big game in February? Because laws <laughs> and, and stuff. But that, that that I just noticed it yesterday, and I'm sure nobody else did, but I have a yeah. pulpit, and I'm going to tell you about it. So there you go. Uh, doubleheader of baseball action today, starting at, at 437 Thank on God. Sportsnet. Like, you want to talk about inertia and movement? Yeah. Yeah. in life how dare you make that phillies team sit down how dare you make me not get to watch them mm. oh. it, periodically what what a, <laughs> what a day of sporting action rangers astros to get your uh your your Ooh, day started i did forget we have afternoonish or early evening not yeah. not morning i can <laughs> confirm that much no rangers astros you got your leaf game at, at seven o'clock on Sportsnet against Connor bedard you got monday nighters a good one too uh Diamondbacks, Phillies, game one of the NLCS after 8 o'clock on Sportsnet as well. All right. Speaking of the Monday nighter, uh, yeah, week six just about wrapped up. No unbeatens left. Eagles, Niners lose, which is, we can talk about that. It does feel mm-hmm. like the, the the most pressing issue is that Giants-Bills game <laughs> in the Sunday nighter that we all looked at as being likely a snooze fest. I was on high alert, I must say, on Friday about yes. that ginormous line for a Bills team. We both that, talked about it. That didn't look great in London and coming back without a bye and without two of their defensive stalwarts. And that wasn't necessarily the issue because they didn't give up a touchdown nope. to the Giants who haven't scored an offensive touchdown in like a thousand quarters. <laughs> Although they were on the goal line twice at the end of halves. Holy cow. Brian Dayball was livid at Tyrod Taylor for audibling into the running play at the end of the first half, which cost them points on the board. Uh, They get nothing instead of at least three points, which resulted in them needing a touchdown at the end of the game instead of Mm -hmm. a field goal to win it. And then they get that pass interference in the end zone. Untimed down to the one. Still can't score, and and the Bills hold on. What I what I've come down to, and it does apply to the Niners and Eagles as well, and the Chiefs to a lesser degree, who've racked up a nice mm-hmm. record, and there's no unbeaten's left, so they're tied for the best record in the NFL. But in this 17 game regular season world, mm-hmm. it's it's like 
so much of what is happening now will be rendered irrelevant by the end of the season. And the Bengals, despite the fact that their offense kind of disappeared in the second half, they're all the way back, that they're back to 500 headed to the bye. Like, yeah, all these teams that I think we expected to be good, despite the fact that, like, style points are not there, especially for the Bills in yesterday's Mm -hmm. game, I, I, it's, it's hard for me to take too much away from it. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying there. And I think for me, the reason I have a hard time taking something away from it is because you're kind of seeing a delineation among that group there of the, the now five and one teams is, you know, the Eagles and the 49ers, they feel like somewhat flawed, but perfect football machines. They just happen to have Brock Purdy, who maybe you feel one way or another about depending yesterday. And he's then, allowed to have a bad game. Sure he is. And okay. Jalen Hurts is too, especially given what he's proven. But I also think that that's the type of game that makes you not Dak Prescott because he's better than Dak Prescott, but makes you have those kind of conversations about Jalen Hurts of, okay, is he the sixth best quarterback in the NFL? Is he the seventh? If you start going further and further down that list, how do you feel about your ability to win a Super Bowl, all those things. And then you have the Chiefs who are just buoyed by Mahomes. It is just Mahomes and then kind of a similar thing in Buffalo of Allen, just kind of buoying them and and keeping them afloat. So it's funny. I, when I look at those teams, I kind of look at them in two separate piles of, I know what the 49ers and Eagles are. It's just a matter of what that guy and Purdy or Hertz is going to do to take them from, you know, the floor that they have to the ceiling that they're capable of. And then it's kind of the opposite. It's, it's Allen and Mahomes are so good. What can the rest of that roster do to almost keep up with them in the in the other two spots also on the on the day bowl just losing his mind on Tyrod Taylor <laughs> I like to think I don't think he was doing this because it'd be super bad workplace uh, vibes and I don't think he'd actually like be allowed to do this but I like to think he was threatening to get that doctor from San Diego yeah. who gave him the shot of yeah. like Punching you want to get Pulp Fiction again yeah. do you want to because yeah. that can happen yeah. but that's what it is with Tyrod Taylor like not to put it all into that moment but that's why he is that guy instead of even, you know, obviously very different player, but Fitzmagic, right? Yeah. He's a capable backup though. And, and, yep. and yeah, had them in a position to win the football game in a game that they were more than two touchdown underdogs mm-hmm. in, but boy, yeah, that, that just can't happen at the end of the first no. half. No. And you gotta get something also though. I mean, okay. It, if if it is a play with an option, he has to know that he can't. Like he has to be reminded. I all, honestly, I was thinking about the the Blue Jays and their base running mm. a little bit at the end of the first half. With you know the fact that that play has an option and yeah. like oh well, obviously Tyrod Taylor should know he shouldn't option to it. Yeah, I guess. But like you got to make sure so, that he doesn't. So like the Blue Jays, of course, they should know shouldn't get picked off second base representing the tying run in the fifth inning with Bobuchet at the plate, but. Look what what do we know about this team that they do that? So you gotta you gotta be in their ear. You gotta mm. remind them. Like so, d- d- it, despite the onus being on the quarterback here, it has to eventually come back to the offensive coordinator and eventually the head coach and Brian Dable. If you don't trust your backup, and guess what? He's your backup. You're allowed not to trust him. This isn't like with Daniel Jones where you paid him a kajillion dollars and you have to form some level of belief or whatever. Then don't put in. That that play there, I'll, where my mind went back to watching this, and I can't believe I'm about to give these guys credit because, um, quite frankly, I can't stand the broadcast, but they do do a good job. The Manning cast of them breaking it down of Peyton talking about how some coaches and coordinators have a penchant for these reminders. And the more competent you are as a quarterback, mm-hmm. the more infuriating it is. So Peyton did a great thing of breaking down the play of, you know, and these NFL plays are so confusing. ZY scat, eight double back, whatever it's called. And imagine trying to get that out in the huddle. Well, the coordinator's going, 
and don't option out of this and don't and check mm. the backer and, check, and and Peyton did a great job of illustrating just how it is such a fine line to walk for those coaches and coordinators of giving these reminders. Now <laughs> would have been Peyton simple Manning, enough to just, just say, say don't don't run, do that don't, don't do that. Well, again, don't put the option in then. So that's why it all goes back to Dable. Tyrod Taylor is who he is. Can't be his fault. Well, he takes a bit of the blame there. Yeah, but it's Dable who put him in that position. So well and. Brian Dable, I know he's emotional in the moment, and he's yeah. going to go from coach of the year to – I mean, it, it's hard to go from coach of the year to fired, but, like, yeah, it's it's been a rough go of it uh, for the Giants this year. So, like, he, he feels like he's on the hot seat, no doubt. But, like, maybe – like, yeah, if you're going to – if you're going to lay into your quarterback, I – I enjoyed it from an entertainment Loved standpoint, it. but yeah, you probably should wait till you get into the into the tunnel at, at the very least, yeah, if not in the locker room. Honestly, like I think he's the backup, and you're kind of allowed. It's part of the job. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. like you know what it reminded me of a little bit of him eating that is like when the starter and not in today's NHL where there's no true starter, but when you have like a true starter type and the backup is in there and he's just getting shelled and the team's playing terrible in front of him. And yeah, guess what? You're going to sit in there and eat it because it's your job. And that's kind of how I felt about Tyrod Taylor getting yelled at of. Yeah. Them's the breaks, but uh, Zach Wilson doesn't get yelled at. He gets praised. Even yes, when he plays poorly. Uh, no interceptions yesterday. The jets are three and three, man. It's, and they go on the bye, and then the, the, here's their, here's their schedule after the bye. Giants, Chargers, Raiders, who, I mean, scored 20 points in a football game for the first time this season with a late-game safety against what is probably the worst team in the NFL and the New England Patriots. No quibbles with me. Like, if they go 2-1 and one over those games, they're 5-4 and four after 10 weeks, and then are we legitimately having a conversation about the, the ramp-up for Aaron Rodgers, who is throwing passes and, and, and not using crutches before football games? I, and I, I can't help but feel... A little bit of empathy towards the Jets. Like I'm, 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 I'm kind of rooting for this to happen, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers is generally loathsome. I, I'm, I'm to in, me for sure. I, <laughs> clear. Maybe I, I'm just aware of so many heartbroken Jets fans who didn't even get one half of like hope this season when Aaron Rodgers goes down on the first series. I, I'm I'm rooting for this to be at least a relevant conversation. Rodgers wishes he could retroactively go back and throw after the game because he's like, oh, now it's not enough about me. They beat the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Why would they do that to me? We're supposed to be a family here. Yeah. They took away my moment. But you talk about the Jets and what they're capable of, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the Eagles and the 49ers that – the Jets, and we've actually seen it this year, in a shootout with the Chiefs and Mahomes, they've held their own, but that's not the game for them necessarily. But in a game like this against an Eagles team that is just going to, they're going to plod along. And not to say that they don't have players who can make plays. I mean, Hurts with that connection he had to Brown at the tail end where he dropped it from a blimp. It was an incredible throw. Not to say they aren't capable of explosive plays, but they just want to kind of churn the game along, keep it moving. And that's kind of a perfect setup for a team like the Jets. And not to say you let Zach Wilson outduel anybody, but he kind of did yesterday and not to say he was the difference maker there, but that's a team that just kind of goes to show you the way they're built. And that's a really good team. And if they can do that against the Eagles, why couldn't they do that against anybody well, else this year? And without a couple of their starting cornerbacks in that yeah, game I mean, as well, including the best one in the league, probably that's, in sauce. Yeah. Great, great name too. Yes. It's very, very nice and good. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs are very nice oh, and good. We should well. talk about Matthews some more. <laughs> We're going to talk about Austin Matthews. We'll I actually talk think there's Ryan a lot Reed. left on the bone there. Like, yeah, uh, so there is. No doubt. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it, and then we'll talk to Gord Stellick about it more. Sportsnet 590, the fan, Leaf analyst. As the fan morning show continues, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, the fan.